At six so zero two eight two thousand and thirteen Legends of Sean Fantasy Football Podcast. Your host Narf Money and I am joined by not one but two economists. That's right. We've got Priest, we've got Quiboy, we've got a whole bunch of discussion I do not really understand. That said, we're getting the best economer once and for all right now. All right, Trons, we are now joined by both Priest and Choirboy of the Tron Class of 07 to talk some football and maybe decide once and for all who the best economer will be. What's up, guys? Not much. How are you doing, Narf? Hey, Narf. I'm doing good. Uh, CB, uh, let's start with you. What's uh, Anything new since we last talked besides your sad loss to Vigo last weekend? Uh, besides that, not much. Um, okay. Did you... So at what point had you realized you lost that game? Was it like the one o'clock round when Stafford did nothing? Uh, I had my suspicions. Uh, I, I turned that game on uh, when Anton recommended it, and uh, it wasn't looking that good. The, it was pretty pretty snowy. Um, and Stafford, I think, had already fumbled about three times at that point. And so my prediction of him fumbling five times turned out to be exactly right. I thought it was four. I think he fumbled five officially. Oh, five, man. That, that's, a, that's an awful way to go. And if, if you'd only fumbled three times, you would have won. Yeah. I, you know, I kind of thought that uh, I would end up losing by about half a point and that the reason I would lose is because I started a quarterback in my OP slot, which, you know, usually is a good thing, but apparently this week uh, was not. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's actually true. Who, do you have someone on the bench who would have done better than Stafford there? Um, everybody, I think, scored at least three points. Well, except for Nate Burleson. Wait, what did he finish with? Was it... Uh, Nate... Uh, who? Stafford. What? what did he finish with? Stafford was minus one. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, God, it was that bad. Yeah, he did have five fumbles. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was thinking minus before... Minus one for the QB spot. And he played the whole game also. Has that ever happened without an injury to have minus quarterback points? I don't think so. I think I made history in the worst possible or way. actually, maybe... Priest, did Geno Smith do that recently? Didn't he have like an awful game? He, he had a couple awful games recently. I'm pretty sure he finished with either zero or negative points. I think that may have happened, CV. I, I don't think you're the first. But... but I don't think it... Did anyone start him that week, though? I think I'm the only one to have started a quarterback uh, who played that badly. That's, that's, I doubt that, yeah. That, that's possible. Uh, I'm sorry. That was, that was a rough way to go. Your team was, <laughs> your team was doing, playing well going to the playoffs. Hello. Also, Noah had said he was afraid of you even Hello. in the next round. Yeah, I thought I was just hitting my stride this late in the season, but uh, yeah, that that Philly game killed me with Stafford in the minus one. I was actually sitting there um, in front of the TV watching that, saying at least somebody is going to get screwed over in somebody's fantasy football playoffs because of all the snow that's happening on the East Coast. 
and it's such a random event. Like to have somebody who plays normally in like a uh, a dome stadium that's really a safe bet to come in there and just get wrecked by snow. It's 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 really awful. It's it's just such a a random a random like shitty thing to happen. Yeah, and I'd say usually I I feel like the snow tends to help offenses. Maybe that's just my own. Just remembering the New England Patriots and uh, Arizona Cardinals game where Brady threw for like five touchdowns in a quarter. Uh, but I feel like in the snow in general, the offenses tend to perform pretty well. At least running backs do. Well, the other thing about that Stafford uh, stat fumbles, were like a couple of those were just awful snaps and they go to him. Like, yeah. That, that's the worst part. It, it sounds like whining, but maybe that's sort of uh, giving QBs minus two for fumbles like that is maybe a rule change we could look at in the offseason. I think Hudson lost the game because of that too, right? He, he did, but I don't think you can change that. I think ESPN calls, like, it's a fumble. A, a fumble is a yeah. fumble. I don't think you can take one fumble because it was a bad snap and, and not call it that is a thing. Right. Yeah, you'd have. I guess you'd have to change the rule for fumbles for QBs, period, but I don't know if we want to do that. Right, but then regular QB fumbles, like they're running and fumble, wouldn't Yeah, be. exactly. So, That's one. So, so, Priest, uh, I guess every, you're working again, right? You're, you're unfurloughed? Yeah, they uh, they sent me back to work after about two and a half weeks. Did you find uh, out with, if you got paid for the time you weren't working? Um, I kind of had some inclination that uh, I was going to get paid when like Republicans started saying let's pay the people who were furloughed. So I kind of knew that was going to happen. But um, it was nice when I got confirmation when I started that I was going to get paid for that time. But the, the crappy part of that was um, they made us basically do all of the work that we had not done in that two and a half weeks in the remaining time after that. So I got swamped at work from basically mid-October and like basically through Thanksgiving, which kind of sucked. So that's why you've been awful at fantasy all season. <laughs> no, no, there are very, there are varied and, and, and just terrible reasons why I am a, I'm such an awful owner this year. But um, we don't go into them because that would just depress me a lot. I, I got I to say, Priest, I hate to say it, but you're a strong candidate to go into next season ranked number 12 in the owner rankings. Um, That would be fine. I don't really think, I mean, that wouldn't hurt my feelings at all. I know I took a shit this season, but um, I don't know. I think my, my portfolio over the course of the past few years has been decent enough to, to boost me over 12. It, so, it, you know, we'll see. It, it might be. The leading candidates are right now you and Moose. Moose, of course, who made the playoffs, but... Uh, but, so in my defense, can I just say that I have tried, even as futile as that might be, I have actually tried to stay afloat, but my, my team is just really terrible, and I made very, very bad waiver decisions. I mean, I, yeah, I give you, I'll give you some credit for not, not throwing in the towel, um, but you got crushed by Anton. You played Anton last weekend, right, in the first round of the backdoor bracket? Yeah, but were we supposed to pay attention to that? Is that, is that still like an account towards our like, league stats? Anton was arguing with me on Gchat. Actually, I was saying it should not for that for that reason. In that, like the backdoor bracket, unless you have money on it, like me and Yoni do, like I, I don't actually care if you throw those games. I don't think anyone cares. But Anton thinks they should count as uh, towards team stats. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I didn't. Frankly, I didn't really pay attention to my team. I would have switched out on Sunday morning, Dallas Clark for somebody else. I know even Anton had somebody in who wasn't playing or was called. Yeah, Rashad I mean, Jennings. But that was like a last-minute thing, I think. Yeah, but even so. I mean, it's the playoffs for teams. I mean, I, I just didn't think that that counted towards the regular season stats that you maintained. If, had I known that, and if I know that now, that may change how I play going out. 
I actually had a question for, I guess, both you and CB. I was thinking about if you are going to count these points on these weeks, is it a dick move to try to pick up good players that people who are in the playoffs may need? That's an interesting question. I was thinking about that, too. It's, um, it's a really interesting question, especially with Kirk Cousins on the board right now. As an outs- That's exactly uh, what I was starting thinking. starting quarterback. Um, yeah. I'm actually sitting second in waiver wire. I think first is Lionel. So I, I could definitely put in a claim. I, I don't know. If these are going to count as stats, then yeah, like it's not. It can't be a dick move to pick up the best players available. Um, but I mean, it's it's like you know, it feels wrong, right? It feels like you're you're changing the outcome of a playoff game where you know there's a freak move by Mike Shanahan to pull RG three, and you should have access to the backup quarterback who's on waivers if you know it's a normal week or if you're in the playoffs. I don't really see why. The, the, the people who sucked really bad should change the outcome. All right, what, what do you think, CB? Because you were in the playoffs, so if you were playing this week and someone like picked up a player you wanted, like would that affect you? Would that bother you? Yeah, I don't know. I'm torn about this. I I feel like you should just try to win every game, and if if Noah's behind you in the waiver wire narf and you want to pick up Cousins, then go for it. I mean, it wouldn't be a dick move, obviously, if one of the other three teams who is still in the playoffs picked up cousins right to even just to block noah but that'd be perfect that'd be perfectly fine well what do you think should should these games count for stats first of all like for the backdoor players for for everyone should these count as your season stats uh yeah why not i mean we're still playing we're still trying right that was anton's argument just more data points so priest i don't know if i'm gonna count them or not but you might want to play as if i am going to count them just for your own sake i mean i i have i mean my team sucks it really doesn't even matter if i play or if i don't but, um, I don't know, it would be good to know going in, like, where the official stats start and end, because we've been paying a lot of attention to them. So, this would be something that we kind of have to discuss and kind of lay out the ground rules of what constitutes, you know, the full season. No, the, you're, you're completely right. That, that sounds like a good economics question to me, actually. Um, but <laughs> Wait, so I have a question, too, about the, the Priest and Anton game. Was that for last place? Uh, no, it, that was... Uh, no, do you know how the backdoor bracket works? Okay, so it is a full bracket. It's not. It's just... not. It okay. is, but they do it weirdly. It's so it, it starts at like three tiers. Yeah, it was weird. I'm playing. I'm playing Moose this week. That's why I was confused. Oh no, about... you're not part of that bracket. You don't like drop down to R. You're your own thing. You and Moose now. Okay, so that's just for fifth versus sixth. Uh, yeah, but there's a chance if you win, you might play one of the losers this week. Yeah, we'll call this game fifth versus sixth. I guess I'm not sure okay. how the losers of the front door bracket actually works out. Yeah, I'm confused about that too. But, but whatever, I, I'm gonna but, try to win every game. But no, the, well, you should. The, the priest Anton game, the if the, if they the winner of that if they'd won all three of their games, they'd finish seventh. Like they move up around each each game. So Anton still has a chance to finish seventh. Priest can still finish. Uh, if he wins both games, he'd finish ninth. Okay, are we doing something for last place team this year? I forget. No, it didn't get voted through. It's like a good suggestion every year, but I don't think. Like, in concept, everyone likes it, but we can't pick, like, what it should be. Like, did you have any suggestions? No, I I don't know. I thought there was some sort of public shaming involved. I really thought, I mean, I was prepared for it. I was, I thought, I remembered that uh, we had, like, the first place team taking over the avatar in the name of the last place team. So I'd just kind of been dreading whatever, oh. if Noah, was Noah in first? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah no, that sounds good. I thought, yeah, you might be right. I'm that, not in vote. We didn't vote that through? 
No, I, I actually think I'm wrong about this. I think you guys are right that we did vote that through. Okay, cool. I think that's fair. I think that's more than fair. Uh, oh, definitely more than fair. I mean, if it was me, I'd go a lot farther than that. But, like, last place player gets tattoos and shit. But I don't think anyone wants to play in a league like that but me. Thanks, Narc. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm never going to finish. You have to suck to finish last place. I'm sorry, Priest. But, like, how do you finish last place? You, how you draft Ray Rice and Trent Richardson 1-2. Yeah, that's, that, that's God. God, those are probably the worst first and worst second round picks to the league. And then Eli I, didn't help you, you out either. You didn't think that. You didn't, you didn't think it was really that bad. I don't think anyone... So, first of all, here. So, I have, I have a, a laundry list of reasons why I'm actually not embarrassed by my draft. One, Trent Richardson, in the middle of the season, was traded for a number one pick. So, not only did I think he was decent but the entire Indiana Colts franchise thought he was good enough to warrant a first-round pick. And so, you were both wrong. We were both wrong, but at least ex-ante, we weren't, we weren't, like, crazy. And Ray Rice was a consistent player for, you know, the past six seasons. Who would have thought he would have dropped off face of the earth like he did this year? No, I, yeah. they're, they're not right. indefensible picks. Like, I, I, I give you credit for that. Trent Richardson on, like, ESPN regular drafts is a first-rounder going into the season. Um mm-hmm. But that's what you get for draft. I mean, running back, running back doesn't work in this league. Like, the numbers prove it, man. So, I had a question about this. So, you were talking about uh, going, like, two QBs in the first four rounds and how that was good for making the playoffs or overall wins or something. Yeah. What about in terms of winning the league or at least making the finals? So that's Have you looked at those stats? I haven't extrapolated. It's a safe strategy to make your team at least maybe above average, but... If you're playing to win the whole league, then maybe you want to go with the higher variance strategy like running backs early. Fair, good, very good point, Choir Boy. Um, this is a very in-depth I was actually thinking discussion. about that exact same question. Uh, I, I was thinking, is it, is it useful to go with high variance positions and going for you know the ability to score 160 any week but also running the risk of scoring something like 85? Or is it worthwhile to take consistent positions like the quarterback? Right. And what I was thinking about was for the playoffs, at least, you don't want that really high level of risk because one of those three games, assuming you don't get the bye, you're going to score 85 points and get knocked out. So I would actually be on the side of taking double quarterback because at least then you're going to basically get yourself between 30 and 40 points if you take good enough quarterback. Uh, you mean like 40 to 50 if you're getting good quarterbacks. 30 points well, for quarterbacks is Well, I'm, I, I'm used to getting between 20 and 30, so 30 to 40 is fantastic. I guess that sounds like an upgrade to you. Uh, CB, to answer the original question, I didn't extrapolate anything past making the playoffs. I didn't go to see that any like consistencies or correlations between teams that made the finals. But that would be yeah, a good I mean, thing to do. Yeah, with the finals, there's only a handful of data points. Maybe look at like at least... Uh, you know, finishing top four or making the finals or something is sort of an outcome to be interested in. I actually think you might be right about the double QB thing because I think to make... I bet if I looked at it, the teams that made the finals all had two good quarterbacks, but one of them was not drafted very highly. Like last year, Lambshop had RG3, yep. which was an amazing pick. And yep. it's, it's players like that that... Get, that get you to the finals, I, I think. But I'm not sure if there's anything to actually back that up. Yeah, because, I mean, to make the playoffs, you have to be top six, which, you know, that's half the league, right? Uh, yes. So, actually, one of my uh, questions, I have a... Co- so, you guys have been pitted against each other head-to-head, draft competition for best economist. I have you at 1-1 each right now. Because Priest, um, Priest, you, you, you proved Lamb Shop was actually good at fantasy football early in the season, right? Wait, so you're giving up a point for proving that Lamb Chop was good? I, I know. This one. I, I hate to do it. 
But but it, he, it, it was a challenge, and Priest did it. And then CV, you got into that really long email argument against Noah, and you were defending my expected metrics thing, right? Which should get me at least two points. It should. Um, but those emails got really complicated to read, and I stopped understanding pretty soon what was going on. So I'll put you guys at 1-1. One, one. We're going to settle this today. Um, okay. So my first one, one question, um, we'll mix it, because we're talking about CV, that stat is, I want each of you to suggest to me a stat for the league that we should have. That we don't right now. That would be a better way of looking at something. And I will make Priest go first. Okay, so I've kind of been thinking about what a good way of deciding what really, what constitutes a very good pick in the draft. Okay. And it kind of goes back to the whole consistency versus risk thing. And there are players that you know are very, very high upside that get you 35 points one week, but then four the next. And what I was looking for is something that's very similar to your consistency rankings, but something that takes into account basically the overall volatility of, of certain players. And using that, so there's a, there's a trade-off between, you know, having six points every single week, some kind of consistency, but then having, you know, a higher upside, which will basically, we all say, like, that upside player that can basically knock down 40 points in a week, an Alshon Jeffrey type. Um, which one is better as far as holding on to you need a good complement of consistent players and highly highly volatile players. What makes a good team? What makes the teams that win or score a lot of points? What kind of combinations can you have? And that's the kind of I mean it's a very, very simple variable. It's I mean it's basically just coming up with variables that are just basically the, the average and the and the variance or the average and the standard deviation. But it's something that would go a long way to helping us understand, you know, which players are more effective at getting people points and wins okay that sounds like a good stat and i assume you can tell me how to do that <laughs> it would be very very simple but we wouldn't be able to do it until about week week six uh why because there's not enough data yeah yeah i mean all, all my stats pre like when i put them up like week one and two obviously it's like more of a joke than anything else that like this player is a leader in par after two weeks um, well, yeah, and actually just a another question that i had is i feel like espn would make a ton of money if they could publish or at least, you know, sell us the statistics for our league or the statistics in general for all the players. Because right now the, the biggest factor in me not wanting to do anything with regards to these economy challenges is the fact that I don't want to hand or basically computer computerize all of the data that would be necessary to put into this stuff. So if they were to just give us an Excel spreadsheet with all of this stuff, it would make it so much easier to do all the analysis. I have an Excel sheet with all the stuff, Priest. Really? That, that's how I do my stats every week. Okay, so why don't why isn't it public? Oh, because that's a secret. That's my NARF secret sauce. That's that's I got to keep some stuff to myself, or I'm going to lose all my competitive advantages. Don't you want us to do a kind of challenges? Part of the first of all, I'm pretty sure if you guys listen to the podcast, in one of them, I said I'll give you guys the data if you ask for it, and neither of you asked for it, so. <laughs> Well, I mean, maybe you should improve I, I, your I, I, podcast I listening skills first. But oh, all right. Fair part of, I mean, part of the work is you got to get your own data. You can't just do the analysis. You got to do the legwork. But that's what, R, that's what RAs are for. If it if if that's what's dissuading you, there's a chance I could make maybe actually <laughs> as a post podcast project, I'll give both of you my data and see who does the coolest thing with it. Um, I was actually thinking that would be a, a fun off-season thing. All right, off-season, we'll get to that. Um, CB, 
give me a stat, and it cannot be what Priest just said. Oh, man, I don't know. Um, one thing I was thinking about is uh, you could do something a little better with your expected wins uh, in the sense that instead of just using the empirical distribution of scores from a given week, is you could sort of use those scores to fit uh, parameters of, say, like a normal distribution and then figure out expected wins versus that normal distribution. So what you do basically is just take the mean score from the week and the standard deviation of scores from the week and then use that to, to plug into a, a normal distribution and then just see uh, what fraction of that distribution your score lies to the left of. Isn't that exactly what Noah suggested? Sounds a lot like what Noah said. No, it's, it's a little different. What Noah was doing is... Oh, he was doing scores over the year. using all scores from all weeks. What I'm doing is just saying... Uh, assume scores come from this distribution, and then you want to figure out what the mean and the variance of that distribution is based on the actual scores from the week. Uh, all right, CB, explain, re-say that in like much simpler words. Uh, okay, so what you do is you take the mean score from the week, okay, and the standard deviation of scores from the week, okay, and then you plug that in. You, you assume those are the parameters for a normal distribution, right? You know what that is. Uh, I once, at one point, knew what that was. Okay, Excel, Excel, Excel can do that for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just want to figure out sort of what fraction of scores from that given normal distribution your a player's score would beat in that week, and that would be your expected wins. I don't so, understand how that's different than what I'm doing. So, the, so here's an example of how it's different. So say uh, I have the sixth highest score, and I score uh, 121, and the seventh highest score is 120. So I get a whole extra 11th of an expected win because I got 121 versus 119. Okay. The person just behind me, you know, loses that 111th of an expected win. What this would do is sort of smooth that out so that we both have about the same expected wins in a given week. Oh, first of all, very good explanation. Uh, you should be a teacher. Second of <laughs> all, not, not to first graders. I don't think you would be good at that. But uh, okay, I like that. But I, I'm not sure if that's, like, sh do you want to smooth that out in, for expected wins? Like, I, I see what you're saying, but yeah, I think you do because I think I think you're taking out some of sort of the variability and what the actual scores were for a week and sort of how some of them may be bunched up and sort of like an extra point going from 120 to 121 shouldn't really mean that much. But in but your it should if if you were in a head-to-head -head matchup against that person, it w it would mean everything. Wait, here's the thing. I don't. The, the underlying assumption is that everyone should follow a normal distribution, but I don't think that's necessarily the case. And so, if people don't, if the distribution of scores doesn't fit that distribution, then why are we using that as a benchmark? Interesting. Like, why, if, if, it's, if it's if it's skewed all the way to the left or all the way to the right, like what does it matter? I mean, why are we assigning an arbitrary kind of standard to the way scores are going to end up if that's not necessarily the case? Yeah. So I'm just using that because it would be pretty easy to do in Excel. Um, you could look at sort of what the distribution of scores is across a lot of weeks. You need a lot of data points to sort of, uh, you know, reject the null that it's normal. Uh, but I don't know. You could look at that, and someone could look at what the actual distribution of scores looks like over time. But I just thought normal. I, would I, I be think you're right that it is more fair to fit it to distribution and to and to use that as kind of the the way of calculating expected wins and losses. Um, yeah. And you probably use the normal if you were to do it, but. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, I would assume, I assume that everything fits normal, but I'm not entirely sure. Right? So, I think that's a, I think that's a, a more than fine way of doing. 
Yeah, so, I mean, Noah's idea is good, too. It's just you have to sort of account for how scores are different across different weeks or across different seasons. And I don't know how you could do that necessarily, but it's sort of the same idea. So, I get that. I actually have one more stat if you want to hear it. I was just thinking about this. Do it, do it, first. This shouldn't count towards any kind of, you know, scoring of best economy challenge. But I think it's really important... um, when you're analyzing how well somebody drafts or, or the, the quality of a player, not only to, and this is kind of gets to the, the points of a replacement type of statistic, but to know just how much better players are. Basically, like, you know, you draft the, the Peyton Manning and, you know, that's the best quarterback in the league. Just how much, how many standard deviations above the average is Peyton Manning? How awesome was Hudson's pick compared to maybe Jimmy Graham? And maybe it's the, the case that Jimmy Graham will get you an extra you know, 15 points, but that's small compared to Peyton Manning getting you an extra 100 points. So there's there's something to be said for exactly, you know, what is the, the advantage of drafting the, the, the better players in any position? And I think that's a, that's a statistic that, you know, you could use as far as drafting goes to know whether it's worth it to take that best wide receiver or is the, the added gain going to be small relative to, say, Peyton Manning? It's not just points above replacement. Okay. That's exactly it's, what I was just going to say, CB. It's, it's position-specific, right? Points above replacement. So it's yeah. not essentially what... But you don't have... But, I mean, so I guess that's the that, that's the thing. Like, there, I don't think there was... Is there actually a point... Is that how you calculate points above uh, the, the PAR stat that you have? Uh, the way... I, I thought that was relative to, like, the draft position. No, no, no. I have a different stat for, for par by draft round and... Um, par like par against round average but general par par is actually what cb said it's specific to position and then you just rank them all against each other so i think it's okay. what you're saying and I, I didn't understand exactly what you were what you were putting up there but that's yeah then exactly it's par that's, oh. that's, okay i'm calling that a win for narf in the best economy challenges I, I have another i have another suggestion for a stat that actually reminds me of one so when you're doing uh par for trades uh, what you're doing is you're counting sort of zeros when players are known not to be playing. So if a player is injured and has 0% chance of playing, you shouldn't count a zero for that player in PAR. You should throw in essentially the replacement level. 100, 100% agree with that statement. It's great because like a lot of these trade comparisons no, it, are it's not meaningful fair. Because, because players are injured. Right, and so an injured player isn't worth zero points; they're worth the replacement level of points. I no, I, I agree. The trade tracker is completely broken. Um, but the only way to do that, yeah, would be to look at like who's the the replacement for what positions they gave up every week, and it, it would be a lot more complicated. Um, you throw in a stat for like the thirty second best running back, right? What? You can throw in a stat for like the thirty second or the twenty fourth best running back, whatever that 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 point kind of total is uh yeah but so, so for a given week that's true i guess what i was saying also is the reason why it's broken is deeper than that in that like a, a trade could you could lose par in a trade and still better for you based off like who you had on your bench and like who you're filling the gaps of the positions you traded away with also right because it's not about the total score of all players active and on your bench is about the active players only right right Right, like if you trade a, a quarterback for a running back, but you could, and you had an awesome quarterback on your bench, like you have improved overall, even if you lose exactly. that straight up par trade. Exactly. Yep. So yeah, I, I agree. Trade trade tracker is is hard. It's mostly there to like make fun of fuse, honestly. But 
Like, I actually don't know if it, this season's been moved. I think it's just been Lionel who's been uh, uh, who's big on the Lionel trade. is getting crushed on that Peyton Manning deal. And, and no, is he still? He's still? Peyton's been good the last two weeks. He's still... Uh, yeah, he, he threw up a lot of points. No, I, I just I just updated it, like, a few hours ago. Um, he's down, in, in total par, he's down by 100. 180 to 80. Um, <laughs> but didn't he give up? Didn't he, he has, have, like, extra, like he, an extra running back or something that was another big part of the deal? Yeah, he did. Hudson got I think four. He traded Forte, but then he started... Uh, I, I think he only had Steven Jackson, so maybe that doesn't actually mean anything. Uh, actually, over the last, since that trade, which I think is three weeks now, or maybe four, three, three weeks, Ben Roethlisberger is three points behind Peyton Manning. That's the, that's the difference right there. Wow. Is Roethlisberger has matched Manning over the last three weeks. And then he also has Forte. Antonio Brown's been awesome with Roethlisberger. Yeah. And Lionel got, I mean, Greg Olson's been okay. He got El- Andre Ellington, who's awful. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's Lionel getting crushed on that. Uh, that's, yeah. And then uh, that's, a rough, that's a rough go. The the Josh Gordon for Demarius Thomas trade actually Yoni is up 140 pars over Noah in also three weeks, which is astounding. That's absurd. Because uh, Demarius yeah. Thomas isn't even that that bad. Like, no, Demar- Demarius Thomas has been good. Josh Gordon's just been unbelievably amazing. Who else was in that deal, or was it straight up? No, no there's there other players. Yeah, right? Yoni got Josh Gordon and Mike Wallace, and Wallace has actually had a couple good weeks also. Well. Uh-huh. Well, um, and this is actually goes back to the problem you brought up, is Noah has Demarius Thomas and Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart is minus 30 par, which is bringing him down. Wow. Yeah, okay, so here's what you could do with that, is you could just uh, make all of the par for each individual player uh, a minimum of zero. Uh, right? like you, can never, you can never be below par. Yes. That, that, yeah, that, 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 that's exactly right. That's a good point. Um, so that's, that's a quick fix to it. I mean, it's a little deeper than that, you're right, but I think that's a quick fix to it. Interesting. So I was going to give this round to Priest because I liked his stat better until he misunderstood what par was. So I'm giving this round to CB. Sorry, Priest. CB's up 2-1. to one. Actually, back to football, though. Speaking of Josh Gordon being amazing, CB, you have Alshon Jeffrey, who's maybe the actually biggest surprise. Like, Do you think he's a legit good wideout? Have you been following all season? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's, he's sort of, he started to break out a little bit last year. He was a rookie last year, right? Yeah, but uh, he did nothing last I didn't even know his name going into this season. Uh, yeah, I mean, rookie wide receivers never really do anything, but he kind of had some flashes last year. And then I actually picked him up this year because Brandon Marshall's hip was giving him some trouble and it looked like he might maybe miss some time or at least be less than a hundred percent for a while. And I figured that Jeffrey had the talent. He just needed an opening. And just picked him up and held on to him, and luckily started him that that first big game that he had. I think that's the whole reason why I beat you in that matchup. Probably was, was Jeffrey scoring like forty plus points. He's um, had a, more than a couple of huge games. Yeah, and he's he's got good rapport with both Cutler and especially with McCown. I think. So. Yeah, yeah, McCown, McCown particularly, I think likes him better than Brandon Marshall. Have you guys seen any of his games recently? Uh, I saw that that touchdown catch was amazing Monday night. Did you guys I mean, see that? He yeah. goes up and gets everything. He really does. Yeah. Um, yes, he does. I've actually, I mean, I watch a lot of Bears games because I have Brandon Marshall, and it makes me sad every time. Alshon Jeffrey just looks like a much better player than Brandon Marshall when you watch those games. Like he's more athletic. He catches everything. He's better yeah. after the catch. I mean, Marshall probably runs better routes, but it's I, I think Jeffrey's clearly the better player going forward. Yeah. Um, do, do you think he finishes top 10 next year, CB? Uh, next year? Yeah, why not? He's eight right now, so... Top, uh, top five? 
Uh, that's a good question. A lot of it depends on Marshall, I think. If uh, if Marshall stays healthy and stays an integral part of that offense, then I think Jeffries probably, you know, won't crack the top five. But, you know, if if they were to trade Marshall or, you know, he gets a season-ending injury, then maybe that, that equation changes and he could be top five. So a lot that, depends on Marshall. That goes both ways, though. Like, there's, there's always the analysis that he would get more targets. There's also the analysis that Marshall occupies a lot of safety coverage and it's better for Jeffrey this way. Maybe, but, I mean, well, I guess Cutler's, Cutler's contract is up after this year, right? Yeah, they, they're not going to bring him back. Yeah, Maybe not. I mean, with Cutler, it's like he he tends to lock in a lot on his favorite target, yes. and Marshall has been his favorite target, uh, even slightly more than Jeffrey. Although Jeffrey's been getting a little bit of love, uh, so I think with Marshall there and Cutler there, then um, you know I, I think uh, Jeffrey falls short of that top five. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think he has a shot at top five. I, I'm I'm convinced he's legit now. I, th- I think you're. Right. I think like somewhere in the eight through 10 range is probably where he'll, where he'll finish out if he can do it again this year. Like, I mean, if he can do it again like he did did this year or come close to yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, their, their defense has also been terrible lately, so they've had to throw the ball more. Yeah. Um, so that could change, too. Oh, I mean, the Bears are actually, like, this is a completely, like, reinvented team for what they used to be. Like, they've got they're like, so many, like, offensive weapons and, like, Forte mm-hmm. and Martellus Bennett is good and their defense is awful. Like, it's nothing like a Bears team. Yeah. Um, cool. So let's get another economer question sprinkled in. Um, <laughs> this one. Uh, so, so we have, just for the record, we have not seen these questions ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. You, no, oh, okay. Because for around the horn, they had seen all the questions. Exactly. Um, this one's easier. Um, does Tron Ranks prove that no one likes Lamb Chop? Priest, you can start. I started the last time. Oh, CB, you can start. Uh, what is Lamb Chop's plus minus? Just quickly throw that out there. Does that make the difference? Uh, you gotta, guys got to know this stuff. Um, Lamb Chop is minus 10. He's at three tops and 13 minuses. Yes. this this Well, I mean, not that we need it any more proof, but this statistically proves uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt that, yeah, we hate Lamb Chop. Good. Priest, you're I'm going to say no. Oh. <laughs> Ex- explain. You're wrong. I, I have to say no. Um, I think... You can agree. Minimum, you, what? It, it proves that at least... That in these Tron ranks, there's always a spot where nobody really knows, at least in the bottom, who to put there, and it's extremely easy to put LC there. I just go, I go Yodi every time for that situation. Well, I think I think when you if you look over if you look over everyone, they're more likely to put LC just because it becomes a thing, not because we really think that he deserves to be there. Okay, that that's a good and point. and on top of I that, think he deserves would, to be there. Well, that's that's a that's your opinion. But I think there's a lot of people, or at least um, I would say there's the the Fuse Hudson contingent, and even to some extent I'd say Vigo, who doesn't really know him all that well. And so I, I don't understand how they could really dislike him that much, given that they you only know what they... No lamb chop to dislike him. Right? Priest, I'm going to disagree with that. I actually think you would like... if I think if you knew Lamb Chop versus just knowing him via these email chains, you'd like him a lot less if you didn't actually know him. <laughs> like, uh, what does he do that's positive in this league? He's just, like, all he does is just like he, troll email. He's really people. funny. His his uh, his gaslighting is very very funny. His what? Is trying to create oh, you know, oh. Uh, people hating him and trying to like egg people on. That's very that's very clever. 
Look, I mean, Priest, you you set him on his three week losing streak when you were nice to him on the first podcast. So I, I, I think mean, we should start being nice to Lamb Chop again. It's it's not a bad strategy, especially because in the playoffs. And if he, no one wants him to win a second year. Like I'll kill myself if that happens. Um, so so Priest, follow up then. If minus ten is not enough to prove it, at what minus number would he have to be for this to prove no one likes him, or is there not a number high enough? It's uh, a very good question. I'd say. Uh, by my logic, it wouldn't even matter, right? Because I'm just saying people put him in the bottom, at least for Tron ranks, just because they have nowhere else to, to put somebody in the bottom. So I'm going to say that there is no number. Interesting. Okay. I like your logic, but I like CB's verdict. So I'm going to tie this well, one up. Oh, no, actually, that's a 3-1 oh. lead for CB. Priest, you got to catch up, man. Yes. Well, you took the yes. Come on. That's the, easiest, that's the easiest answer. I know. Actually, you gave a better economics answer, uh, but... I'm still giving CB. Priest, are you are you uh, trying to win Tron ranks? Are you following yourself as a top? Um, I don't know how you win Tron ranks. The highest plus minus wins Tron ranks. Shit, yeah, I don't do anything though. What, and actually, I think I have like the lowest mention. You you do. You're at plus so, eight and minus two. It's no so one gives you bottoms. Well, I guess I'm I'm not abrasive enough. I don't know. And, okay, but do you do you care if you win? Like, is this going to make up for your fantasy season or no? No, it would be a nice consolation, I guess, but it's not going to make up for the uh, the, the uh, shit the dead that I've done. Okay, CB, you were really high early in the season, and you've kind of fallen off. I think. Like, yeah, you're getting minuses for everything that's not an outside activity, basically. Yeah, that's the problem. Is you've been picking too many categories that involve indoor things. You're, you're you just pigeonholed into like running twenty mile trail runs and eating quinoa now. So. Yeah, I, I would win all of those. Maybe um, 20, 20 mile runs. Yeah, who? Yeah. Oh no, Anton ran a marathon. I think. Didn't Priest run a marathon too? Oh, yeah, Priest, you ran a marathon, right? Yeah, I did. Could you beat Choir Boy in a twenty mile run? No, actually, on the twenty mile run, I got injured and had to hobble my way back. So probably not. Oh, sorry about that. That's quite all right. All right, so I don't know. I'm thinking about switching my verdict to Priest just because he'll tie it up 2-2 and I'll make it more exciting kind of home stretch. That's how these shows work, right? Yeah, that is how these shows work. That's how... Could you guys follow the around the horn scoring from home? It was, it was a very complicated system. It was harder without the visual. It was, I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> it, I don't think anyone had any idea what was happening. Uh, they were all pretty drunk. Um, okay, next question. Who wants to go first? I'll take it. Priest. Does revealed preference theory truly reveal customer preference when the consumer is able to afford all of the available options? Priest? I'm thinking, I would say, I would say yes, as long as people had full information about all of the choices that they had, and they do actually, their, their preferences do obey normal rationality in which they can order their choices very, very well. We know that when they choose one of the choices that they have, then they've revealed that their utility level is higher with that choice than any of the other possible ones. I don't know. What about... All right, CB, your thoughts? Uh, yes. And and I would like to point out that Tron Ranks has revealed that Tron prefers to hate Lamb Chop. Interesting. You're still trying to get that point back, aren't you? <laughs> Maybe. So the economics thing that I looked up said this is an unproven answer because... Uh, if they can afford everything, it doesn't matter what they buy first. But, Priest, you still think... No, that... no, wait, that is, I don't think... I'm, 
I don't doubt that it's an unproven answer, but whatever you just said doesn't make sense. Why? If you can afford three things and you know you can afford them, why does it matter what order you buy them? Because reveal preference theory doesn't say anything about the ordering. It says what you choose if you can have to choose one of them. Oh, it does? Yeah, I don't really understand the question then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but th 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 that's fair. Um, okay. I'm going to call this one a tie because you guys both said the same answer. And Priest had the advantage of going first to have more explanation. Um, what do I have next on this? Shouldn't we talk about the semifinals? Oh, the semifinals of our league? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I thought we were just talking economics. Yeah. Um, well, let's jump back to some football. Uh, Priest, what do you want to talk about the semifinals, man? Who's, who is your favorite uh, going into the home stretch? Four teams left. Um, I really want Vigo to win. Ooh. Vigo won two years ago, you know. I know, but I think he gets shit on a lot, and I just want to see him win. Okay. That, that's, a, that's a solid point. CB, yeah, what? Vigo's team hasn't been that great lately. They're... they're they're probably the, I mean, they're the coldest team in the playoffs, except maybe Lamb Chop. Um, I think the better two teams right now are both Hudson and Noah, who play each other. Yeah, but RG3 is shut down for the rest of the year, which might actually hurt Noah. I know. I can't, the thing is, well, Noah was bragging about his running back depth, so now he gets to start three of them. And Oh, is, is yeah, I had a question, a, a rules clarification. So if uh, RG3 can't play, how many running backs can Noah start in his place? Is the answer five? Yeah, I am. <laughs> well, he's already starting two, so could it be three? Um, yes. Uh, no, no, he's not allowed to start five running backs in place of... Oh, uh, okay. That would be an unfair advantage, actually. And he, uh, does, he does not deserve that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what's up with this? If we can talk real NFL for, for a minute. What's up with RG3 getting benched? What do you think the, the real story is there? Okay, so everyone's reporting, right, that Shanahan wants to get fired because if he quits, he loses like $7 million or something, right? So, okay. So, uh, I mean, so he's sabotaging his team so he gets fired. Yeah, it's so, he it, sabotaging it's, though. It's far fetched. I mean, what other reason would you have to bench RG three? Is it like? He, yeah, the reasoning that he gets. A lot. He gets yeah. He well, he, okay. You could you could run the ball more, or you could have more three step drops and quick release passing patterns. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do to protect your quarterback. Yeah, and he's also a second-year quarterback who could use all the reps he can get. Like, he's not exactly. like a 10-year vet who's missing three games. Like, this is going to affect his development going forward. And he's not currently injured as far as we know, right? No. Well, he's, that's, he's, that's exactly what the, the, the DC radio people think, is that he may be hiding injury. And that's why he's still more hesitant um, against running, and he just hasn't looked the same as he did last year. So that's what they're thinking. That's how they're, they're, they're justifying it. They oh. don't think it's a terrible idea over here. Oh, right, because you actually live in D.C., Priest. You got the yeah. pulse of this. So people don't think it's a bad idea to bench him? People do not think it's a bad idea. People are actually in favor of it because they think that he's the, the savior of the team, and they want to make sure that he's healthy come next year. Is any of the rationale wanting to see what they have in Kirk Cousins, or, or that's not any part of it? That's I would. I mean, so I listen to, to sports radio infrequently, but often enough to understand what they think. And I'm almost positive it's not because they think that Kirk Cousins is going to come in and start. Okay. So are you in, are you in favor of Shanahan doing this move? Um, I think, personally, I think it's stupid, but I don't think it's terrible. I mean, their season's over, and, you know, yeah. if he gets injured again, then it's just another offseason of wondering whether or not he's actually going to be healthy enough to be a starting quarterback in the league. Here's the thing. Is Shanahan actually a good football coach? Like, his record with the Redskins is awful. He's good on the Broncos. 
Yeah, he had John Elway and Terrell Davis on the Broncos when he won Super Bowls. Good point. Mm. And then after that, he wasn't good. Like, how many times... If I look back, like, he made the playoffs maybe a few years with Jake Plummer, because I know they beat the Patriots in 06, I think, or 05. Oh, oh really? Thanks. Thanks uh, for... No, no problem, Stevie. But, like, what is Shanahan's track record except those two Super Bowl wins? The, in, in 96, remember, they were the one seed and lost to Jacksonville, who was, like, the sixth seed in the playoffs. Mm. So, yeah, he's not that good, I guess. I don't know. I don't think Shannon's that good, that's good of a coach. Um, yeah, I mean, the Redskins are a pretty dysfunctional organization, so it's hard to fault Shanahan entirely for how bad they are. There is the whole story about Dan Snyder, right? You know, people think that Dan Snyder here is chummy with, with RG3 and that he's willing to do things basically to circumvent Mike Shanahan in order to satisfy RG3. So I think Mike Shanahan knows it's a bad situation over here, and it is a terrible situation because nobody should be subjected to playing for or rooting for um, Dan Snyder on this team. So I, I agree with you, Priest, but does that mean you actually think he's doing this to get fired? Like, it's plausible, but would a coach it's really possible. do that? Possible. I, I have no idea. Okay. Um, speaking of real NFL, CB, um, I'm not trying to run this in. I'm just to get your take, like, I mean, what do you think about the Pats now? Or do they have any shot at the Super Bowl? Uh, at the Super Bowl, I think uh, when Gronk was done for the season, that was it. Uh, the defense right now is completely gutted up the middle with uh, Will Fork and uh, Mayo out. Uh, so I think their defense was kind of carrying them at the early part of the year before Gronk got back. But at this point, we just needed the offense to carry the day. And without Gronk, uh, I, I can't see that happening. So I think that they... Given their soft schedule, they could very easily get a bye, but I don't see them going past the AFC Championship game. So that means you think they'll lose in Denver, most likely? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's hard to see them beating Denver as they are currently configured. So, I yeah, I don't see them going to the Super Bowl. I don't know. I mean, as much as I want to believe that they could beat Denver and, and do this, I'm, I'm a huge Pats homer, obviously. But, uh, yeah, without Gronk, that offense is just completely different. I mean, you can look at the stats from earlier on in the season, and they're just not that good without him. I agree. I, I will say that I think Brady is also just he's. I think he's playing better than he was earlier in the season, also. So I don't like. I think they will be better than they were early season. Yeah, Brown. but it's hard to say how much of that was actually Gronkowski, you know? Because I mean, he he does so many things. He's so versatile that he can really open up the running game for them. And I mean, he's impossible to cover, impossible to bring down unless you take out his knee. You're right. Uh, uh, and Priest. So I, the Jets won last week, right? I don't remember. Okay, I think I think they're six and seven now. I every time I root for them, they uh, they lose, and every time I root against them, they win. Um, I've been hoping that they tank so that they can get a good draft pick for the past uh, well for two weeks now, and they won the only game where I started to root, root against them. So I'm I'm really sick of the Jets, and I don't think you can really blame me for being sick of the Jets, but it, it's been a disaster here. Uh, if you're only a game out of the playoffs. Like you can't. No, we're not. We're more than a game out of the playoffs because we're a game out and we lose a tiebreaker against against Baltimore. Um, and Baltimore's six and seven. We're or seven and six. Yeah, six and seven. I think. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I I think it's hopeless. I mean, have you seen the Jets play? Uh, no, I'm not sure if I have. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not pretty. They'd have to pass like four teams too, right? It's it's a lot easier to to be one game out of the playoffs and only have one team ahead of you. It's a whole different story when there's four teams ahead of you. 
well, think he loses tiebreaker against them all, so it's okay. not like, yeah. And we're gonna play. The, we're gonna lose the Panthers this week anyway, so you know. I mean, I don't think the odds are high. The Jets are awful, but I mean, Priest, if you're gonna be a real fan, like you're not out of the playoffs yet. You gotta, you gotta be on board. Being a Jets fan beats the hope out of you slowly. <laughs> uh, uh, so, I mean, yeah, sure, they have a shot, but it's like you know, are they gonna do anything when they get to the playoffs? If they do, do you really believe that they're going to do anything? And Geno Smith is—he's not the—he's Mark Sanchez too. He really is. Is and, Sanchez wasn't Sanchez trying to come back this year? I haven't heard anything about that since like week one. Is he out? I, I don't know. His his shoulders still messed up, I think, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, he was on that temporary IR, right? Yeah, I thought he has a chance to come back this year. But I mean, I don't know why he, he had cornrows. That. That's all I know about him. He had cornrows, and it looked absolutely like horrific. So is, if you can get a picture of that, you can just see what, what it's like to be a Jets fan and try to keep up with it. Is Sanchez under contract for next year? I think so. So who's yeah. the opening day starter then, do you think? Is it Gino? Uh, it's going to be Gino. I don't think... I mean, unless unless they, they decide that Gino really isn't the answer and they want to throw everyone into the cauldron again, which I doubt they will, but I'm pretty sure Gino's going to be the starter next year. Okay. Um, all right, so let's get, let's get back to... Uh, the actual fantasy final four. You both you both said you want Vigo to win. Who do you who do you think is going to win? Oh, I actually think that Vigo might win. Oh, you do? So, his, what, who on his team impresses you? Are you Kaepernick? Romo? Like what have they well, done? It's, so it's I was actually looking at this before. I actually did a little bit of prep on this. And Good. I do like I think Harry Douglas against Washington, Washington defense. Washington is a team kind of sucks. I think he could put up a lot of points. Romo against Green Bay, like you said in your in your write-up, that's a pretty good matchup for him. And on the flip side, he relies very heavily on Drew Brees, and Drew Brees has a very kind of consistent on-again, off-again, and his clearly his off-agains aren't that bad because he gets like 18 or 16 points. But the every-other-week thing, he doesn't get up. So the past, you know, last week he got 38. The, year, the week before that he got something like 18 and if you go back that, that alternating week, he definitely got under 20 in the past two weeks or so, or the, for the past two cycles like that. And then with St. Louis, St. Louis is a very, very good pass rush. I think he can get knocked around a bit. And like you said, Drew Brees has to be on for, um, for Lamb Chops to win. So yeah. I'm pretty sure that, that, that Vigo is a pretty good shot as long as Drew Brees doesn't go off, and I don't think he will. I think he is a decent shot at beating Lamb Chop this week. I was very close to picking that, and I really wanted to. Uh, I, but I don't think he would beat either Hudson or Noah in, in a championship game without a lot of good matchups and luck. But he does have at least his two quarterbacks are, you know, they're going to be fighting for it. So they'll probably be throwing. Kaepernick's been fighting for it all season, and what has he done? Uh, a whole lot of yeah, and let's see. The Vigo Vigo does have pretty good matchups for his players going forward. Uh, just looking at uh, the Cowboys, they play what Green Bay and Washington the next two weeks. Yeah, that week 16, if he gets to week 16, that Washington matchup is very good for them. Yeah, so we're talking about who's going to win it all, I guess, Yeah, was the original question. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, Vigo's got pretty good matchups the next two weeks for most players, I'd say. Maybe it's... Yeah. Well, I don't, to be fair, I don't think he's going to win it all. I'm just rooting for him. Okay. So who do you think is going to win it all, Priest, then? Um, I think it's the winner of the other game. Okay. Well, who's the winner of the other game? The, the other game is good. I mean, it's uh, RG three. 
it, it might end up being the difference for Noah. It's, it's tough to tell. Um, Noah's wideouts are the best still in the game. Uh, AJ Demarius, Anquan Bolden has been playing well. Uh huh. Even, even his running backs. I think his running backs are really good. Noah's. With, yeah, Murray. I, I mean, I watched Murray play in the Dallas uh, Chicago game. Yeah, he Murray. Looked, he looked amazing. Very in that effective. Game. Yeah, and Noshan is just. I mean. You know, with, with with Denver running backs, you never know who's going to be good, and Noshawn just kind of hit it this year. So uh, I I picked up Noshawn in the preseason, and then I waited for John Fox to make an announcement on who the quote unquote starter was going to be. <coughs> I I don't know who he picked, but it wasn't Noshawn, and so I ended up dropping him and regretted it. He within picked a- Monty Ball, I think. Wow, I didn't even realize that that you hadn't dropped Moreno this year. I thought Noah yeah, had him all season. Before week one. I dropped him before week one. I think he named it wasn't it wasn't Monty Ball, it was the other guy. Oh, uh, Ronnie on. Hillman? Yeah, it was Hillman, I think. And so I figured it was just a mess and it wasn't worth owning any of them. And then I think Noah picked up Moreno <clears throat> either right before or right after week one. Oh, see. Or at least by by the end of uh week two or three. That would have changed quite a bit for you because if I remember your running backs have been awful. Running backs are horrible. Yeah, yeah he finished eleventh this season. Bus, and Wilson was a complete bust. I think Wilson may have scored Close to negative points for me total in the games I started him this year. Yeah. Oh, so Moreno that would have made a big difference making the playoffs without him anyway. But yeah, interesting. What, if I if I had Moreno, that that could have been the difference between uh, you know making it and uh, making it with a buy. What do you think about uh, Shane Vereen though? Would you would you trust him uh, going forward? Uh, yeah, I'd say so because uh, Belichick doesn't trust anyone else right now. And they re- they don't have Gronkowski, so they're going to be throwing short a lot. I mean, you saw Vereen in the second half of last week's game, and he just you know took over. He had a ton of points in the second half, so I think Shane Vereen he could be uh, he could be an X factor going forward for Noah. So if you were but Noah, same, on the same token, you know the other teams are going to be looking for that matchup because they know that they don't have the game plan for Gronk anymore, and they know that Vereen's going to be the go-to guy. And as a rule, I just don't see anyone being able to trust a New England like that. Like it just historically, like you just can't trust them. Do they hand but off to Vereen the whole time? I mean, he's never really had huge fumbling issues, which have been the big thing that have gotten um, the other guys in the doghouse. So it's, I think Vereen's pretty trustworthy right now. Okay. Do they hand off to him at all, or is it all just like screen passes out of the backfield and swings? Uh, it's all short stuff, I think. Okay. If you um, if you were if you were Noah and you could pick up Kirk Cousins this week. Would you start Vereen or Kirk Cousins at the OP spot? That's the question. Hmm. That is a good question. Who, who is Cousins playing this week? Uh, I forgot who. Uh, I don't. Uh, I will find out by clicking on Alfred Morris. Uh, Atlanta. That's a good passing matchup. Oh, that is. Is it in the Dome, too? Yeah, it's in the Dome. It's at Atlanta. Yeah, but then it's on the road, too. You wonder about Cousins on the road. Yeah, I mean. It's the Dome. It's, I mean, it's not. I, it, you think anyone's going to show up to Atlanta? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think Cousins is a no-brainer here. If we can I, get him. I think Cousins also. I don't know if Noah's going to get him though, because I don't know where Noah is in the waiver wire. Someone else might might pick him up first. Yeah, Noah got screwed on both of his quarterbacks, huh? This last week, because Brady without Gronk, I think, is a big step down. Yeah, it's like eight points a game difference. Looking at just the averages. Yeah, so RG three gets benched and then Gronk goes out for the year. That's that's a tough break for Noah because otherwise I'd say he's probably the hands down favorite to take it all. Yeah, Hudson's team has been playing really well with with Roth- yeah. If Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown, when they keep hitting together, like I don't know, his his running backs are good. His, his quarterbacks are pretty good. Larry Fitzgerald's been playing better. I think Hudson 
I, I wouldn't call yeah, Noah the hands down favorite, but I think I think Noah's the best team. I could see Pittsburgh just flopping big time against Cincinnati this week. Cincinnati tends to play them pretty tough, and I don't know. I could see that offense just having a terrible game. So you you think who do you think wins in that matchup this week? Um, you think, that's a no, tough you think call. Noah wins? I uh, yeah, I'd probably put money on Noah. Okay. Even with Brady going against Miami, they usually play some tough without Gronk. I think he's got enough other weapons that I'm kind of predicting Pittsburgh to have a bad game offensively this week. So okay. I, I'd take Noah. I predict that almost every week, and it just has not been coming true. <laughs> well, eventually it's going to come true, right? It came it's true been week. so much better since their bye. Since their bye, Pittsburgh has looked like they actually want to win. And I know like last week they, they, they screwed it up in the end, but they should have won that game, and that would have actually kept them alive. In the Yeah. Because uh, they're, they're out of it now. They're five and eight, I think, right? Right. Yeah. So if we get Noah versus uh, Lamb Shop, actually the same back-to-back finals matchup that's never happened before. So that would be a first for the league. What, what about uh, Eliminator CV? You were neck-and-neck with Lionel for like four weeks now. What's going to happen? Who's going to break the tie? Yeah, I don't know. We, we both probably should have lost last week. Uh Baltimore pulled that game out at the end. They should have lost that game. And the Pats got lucky on the offense or a defensive pass interference call that was kind of bullshit. Um, and I'm a Pats fan. So I don't know. I think we both got really lucky that week. What do you- I don't know. Um, I guess I was looking. Lionel has already picked the Chiefs. And I thought the Chiefs of the Raiders looked pretty good this week. So not saying I'm definitely going to take that. But I feel like I have uh, better options at least for this week. What? Uh, how long do you think this goes? Do you think it, you guys think you make it at the end of the season still tied? Uh, I don't know. I we we've tended to pick the same teams when we both have the option of taking, you know, the same good teams in a week. So I think there that if we make it past this week, then uh, we might end up just picking the same teams every week. In which case, yeah, it might just go to the end of the season. So what what do you think should happen if that's the case? Split the money, flip a coin, battle have, some other way. Did we not decide this? I don't think we decided this because the over under for weeks was like seven, and everyone took the <laughs> under, and now we're going into week fifteen. Yeah, that I think said, we should you, split it. You've each lost. You've each lost twice, right? Or just uh, once? Yeah, we we both lost twice picking the same teams. Exactly. Both weeks. So how what what week did it actually go to before you lost a game? Was it like ten or eleven? Do you remember? I think it might have been week ten. That's, I'm not sure. It was the it was the Tennessee. It was the first game that Jacksonville won because I was just picking against Jacksonville for a while, right? Oh. Uh, which was a good strategy for about nine weeks. Jacksonville's and then they, good now. Yeah, I don't know if they're good, but they have been winning. So no, they're they're not good, but they're they're good enough to beat the bad teams right now because they're trying hard. Yeah, for whatever reason, because they they desperately need a quarterback, right? I mean, they should be tanking for all they're worth right now. Uh yes, they should be. And he didn't look that bad though. And he's not a starter, but not terrible on Thursday night. I think. I don't know if anyone watched that. No, I I didn't. Yeah, Henny's been okay, but. Like that, that's he's not the, the answer. No, but that's, he's, that's he's the problem. He did maybe eight wins or nine wins tops in a year. I don't think he's really like like on a good team. He might be worth you know. He might take you to eight or nine wins. I don't think he's gonna take you to the playoffs ever. No, he's he's not. I think it's fair. Is Blaine Gabbert hurt? I don't remember. Like they should be playing Blaine Gabbert to lose these games. He's just terrible. Right? They should. They want to be losing these games. Yeah. No, I don't think they. I mean, they they should lose the games, but they're playing really. Like at the top of their their level, um, I didn't think they would be able to, to put up a fight against some of the teams that they have been so far. 
Um, but apparently they're trying for the coach for some stupid reason. Okay. Um, let's get back. I've got a couple more economer questions to settle this up. Um, CB, ready to go first? Sure. What is the relationship between strong international institutions and international cooperation? Do strong international institutions lead to or result from international cooperation? I'm going to challenge this question not being about economics. That's not an economic question. You're right. <laughs> That's from this economics website I found with hard questions on it. It's not an economic question. What is no. it then? Uh, it's it's like more a, political science than anything. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, no, it's not an economics question. All right. Answer the question anyway, choir boy. Uh, yes. It's not yes. It's one or the other. It's seven. Oh, my God. You guys are both throwing this. How am I supposed to pick a winner? That's really not an econ question? I thought every, everything really? in the world is econ, isn't it? Uh, it's like some a, of it's a like poorly defined way. political science question. Fine, fine, fine. We'll move on to the final, the final challenge. Since I'm excited about this summer challenge now, and then we can get to Do you guys want to do another Tron Ranks? Yeah, sure. Sure. All right. You don't sound that excited about it. We don't have to do it. I mean, you've already done yeah, it. Let's do before. it. Okay. Final econ question before we get to that. Unless do you have anything football related we haven't talked about you want to mention? Anyone? Uh, I don't know. Super Bowl picks. Ooh, okay. Uh, Were these uh, the two teams and and then two Bowl champion? Wait, what, CB? Uh, yeah, so pick uh, both uh, AFC, NFC championship winners and uh, Super Bowl winner. So the teams in the Super Bowl and the winner? Yes. Okay. That would have been a better way of saying it. Um, uh, Priest, you go first. Um, shit. Let's go with, uh, in the NFC, the Seahawks and Eagles. And in the AFC, the Broncos and... The Broncos and the Ravens. Okay. Is that possible? Is it possible? I don't think... Actually, wait, that's probably not possible. No, because they're going to be a one in the six. six. Shit. All right, then I'm going to go... I can't do that. Broncos pass. Fucking A. Oh, I didn't realize we were choosing the the, the contestants of the championship games. Um, no, I, I should say Super Bowl teams and winner. But no, you can you can pick a, a, a AFC okay. championship We'll make it more game. interesting. All right, Priest. But uh, extrapolate yeah, And from that, I'd go with uh, the Broncos and probably the Seahawks. And that's really lame because it's probably the favorite. And then who wins that? Uh, Seahawks. If that's the matchup, Seahawks should be heavily favored. I don't care... If Peyton Manning is looking better in the cold now and like making fun of the critics, like, have you seen the weather forecast? It's it's supposed to be like a winter storm in New York that week. Like, how do you have a, a weather forecast like a month in advance? I don't care. He's not winning the Super Bowl in New York. Like, he he will not win that game. I don't care who they yeah. play. Yeah, Seattle's got to win that game, right? Yeah, it's got to be like Seattle and the Broncos at this point, because I don't think anyone else in the AFC really stands a chance. It's I, the AFC is tough. Um, the I mean the Colts beat the Broncos this season and looked really good doing it, but they've looked Colts really bad. Terrible since. though. They've looked really yeah, bad since. Awful now. Uh, yeah, you think it was Reggie Wayne going down? I think it's right. made, it's made a big difference. Uh, their offense just hasn't been in sync since then. There, but it's their defense that played great that game. Also, like they they knocked Peyton down a bunch in that in that game. And they only gave up what like thirty. 40 points in that game? I don't think Denver. I thought Denver had like 22 or something. Was it that high? I don't remember. Um, 
Priest. No, yeah, they won. They won forty-nine to thirty-three against okay. Denver. Priest, did Here's you just put the Eagles in the NFC Championship game, though? I think they could have. I think with their offense, they can. They can. They can hold with a lot of teams. Uh, interesting. Okay, I'll go NFC. I'm going to go San Francisco and Seattle. No, no, that's not what I meant to say. I'm going to go San Francisco and New Orleans. I think San Francisco can beat Seattle in Seattle. And I think that, I don't know, I might be crazy for saying that. But I will go San Francisco at New Orleans, and I will go New Orleans winning that game and going to the Super Bowl because it's at home. The AFC, I, I don't know, Brady, like, the fact that Brady came back in that game a few weeks ago from 24 nothing at halftime makes me think he can just always beat Peyton Manning. But... Oh, sad. But I, I'll go Denver. I will go Denver over... I hate to say this also because I hate them. I'll go Denver over Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game. Ooh. And I will have New Orleans and Denver, both teams, the last thing they want to do is play in a blizzard in... Uh, in, in the snow in, in uh, New York. I've lost all my train of thought. And then I will go with actually Peyton Manning in that game because against New Orleans, not against Seattle. So I'll contradict that he can't win that game. And that's my new pick. CB, go. Uh, yeah, I already picked. I, I think I think oh. New England I think New England has enough to if you want to pick both teams in the championship games, I think New England I think they have enough to beat the rest of the AFC field and make it to the championship game in Denver, but I don't see them beating Denver. In that game, um, how's it going to? Sh- is uh, is Seattle going to play San Francisco before the championship game if seats hold? Yep. Yeah, because I mean, no offense to to the Eagles fans, but I don't see Philly beating Carolina or San Francisco in that divisional round. I think we could beat Carolina because I'm still not a hundred percent sold on Cam Newton, especially on the road in the playoffs. But we would not beat San Francisco. I, I think Carolina would be favored in that game. Um, so, yeah, I think Carolina and San Francisco probably win both those first games. And, yeah, I, I, could, see, I could see San Francisco and, and New Orleans, but I think it's going to be Seattle coming out. I think Seattle's just the best team. Got it. All right, cool. Can I say for one last thing? The Ravens this year, they look a lot like they did last year, where nobody gave a shit about them. People thought they sucked, and all of a sudden they went on a run. I know their wide receivers aren't as good, but I have this bad feeling that the Ravens are actually going to make a run in the playoffs. Their wide receivers aren't as good, and their defense is not as good either. Mm-hmm. But uh, everyone's other, everyone's and, and their the defense is old too. Their their Ray Rice is not as good as you know. That's, yeah. All right. Well, that. Yeah. I, I don't That's disagree good. with you though. Fla- the Flacco Harbaugh combination has won a playoff game every year. And if they get if they get in at six, I know I just pick Cincinnati to make the championship game, which is retarded. But if they get in at six and get Cincinnati as a three seed. I bet Baltimore would probably win that game, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, okay, final Economer Challenge of the podcast is this is now running long. You you have one minute to teach me something cool about economics. CB, go. Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to... Take a second. Fine, Priest, go. Um, that's... Okay, well, I've been reading a book. Well, this is just statistics. Can I do statistics? Do whatever you want. All right, so I'm reading a book. It's called The Numbers Game. It's about soccer. Do you care about soccer? Yeah, somewhat. Okay, so um, the, the most recent thing I've read about this, which is trying to break down soccer as if it's kind of like a money ball type thing, um, you get more expected goals and expected wins by making your worst person better 
than by making by improving your best player. Interesting. So in soccer, at the very minimum, your most effective way of spending money on new talent isn't by getting that all-star player. It's by taking out that sucky guy. Have they uh, measured that in any other sport? Uh, I have no idea. I'm just reading this book, so I'll figure it out when I read another book. Okay, that, that's that. That's actually interesting, Priest. And you're, you clocked in under a minute, like 55 seconds. CV, you gotta go. Uh, I got nothing. I I, I can't teach you anything, Narth. Narth, you're hopeless. You, oh, that's that's a challenge. I know, I know. I I got nothing, dude. I'm not hopeless. I took Econ 2A in Brandeis. I got a A plus in it. It was the easiest class I may have ever taken there. Uh, it right. wasn't easy class, but yeah. Uh, then I have to give it to Priest. Uh, best Economer of the Year goes to Priest. CB, by forfeit. <sighs> I know. Okay, you'll have a chance to make up for it every I don't, season. I don't read books about soccer, so I, I can't teach you anything about soccer. You can teach me anything also about anything. Yeah, I, I guess it isn't really economics. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but I'm, st- I'm, still, I'm, still calling, I'm still calling it for Priest. That said, after the season, I'll give you guys my Excel data set which is everything from the past two years, and you'll have all... I think that's, that should be the final challenge. Fine. Priest is she, winning. She give us the data, and then we should have to come up with something, and then the coolest something wins. Okay. Can we wait Can we wait to, to tell our, our findings of this uh, until after the draft? Oh. Um, I don't know. I, I, t- I put all my stuff up front. No, I, I think that's, that's right, too. I'm also just... I know this is running late, but um, I'm really interested to see how all of this evidence in favor of picking quarterbacks is going to skew how, how the draft happens. I've been thinking about that, too. Do you, do you actually believe there's anything to that data? I mean, it's like the sample size is like seven. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't, you know, trust it outright, but I think there's something to it. And then on top of that, there's one more thing I wanted to add about that. I know people mentioned something about changing the rules. I would be very much not in favor of changing scoring rules just because it's so hard to get a consistent data set that we kind of have to keep with what we have mm. just so we can compare things overseas. Well, That's well, a good reason to keep scoring the same, yeah. I, I agree. Well put. I don't think we are good. I think it's just Lionel who wants to change quarterback scoring. and the Because he, yeah. he drafts running backs with his th- first three picks every year? Exactly. Because he wants to draft running back, yeah. running back, because that's what ESPN tells you to do and blah, blah, blah. But no, play this league and draft quarterbacks and be good. CB yeah. drafted quarterbacks in the playoffs, and Priest drafted awful quarterbacks, and he's not. That's the reason. Yeah. Well, I think it depends on what your objective function is. Are you trying to just, uh, you know, move from seventh place to sixth place, or are you trying to win it all? And I don't know if QBQB is necessarily the best strategy to win it all. Well, so the, the I'll, da- I'll throw that out there. The, the data will say, I, I don't disagree with you, but I do think, I mean, all the teams that do not have a quarterback have the first four rounds, none of them ever made the playoffs. I think there's something to that. Like, I think you need a quarterback early. To, to compete in this league, um, but that said, like like Priest's point is, if it skews way too early, you might just get great value going the other positions early on. So that'll be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, cool, Tr- Tron ranks, guys. Uh, you ready? Oh, for this week's Tron ranks, can we pick uh, one person not in the league for tops and one person not in the league for bottoms? Why do you want to do that? Uh, just to have an option, just to to throw some more names out there. I feel like we just end up. Going through the the same names every week. Not a bad point. And Noah added Eugene last week. Uh, so yeah. if Priest allows it, I'll let it go. Let's uh, let's do it. Okay. This week's Tron rank is for the rest of your life. You can pick 
one Tron to make all of your style decisions. So buy all your clothes, pick out your outfits, accessories, everything, and you have to wear exactly what they buy and pick out for you. So, Priest, you're going first. Top, our bottom three style consultant Trons, and we're allowing one pick of a non-league player. All right, so uh, I'm going to go with my non-league player, and I'm going to say AWACS. Oh, <laughs> I'm loving this already. See, right, this is um, no, no offense to AWACS. And these people I, I, are never going to know because not that many people listen to this podcast. I know you'll be shocked right. to hear that. Okay, so so AWACS on the bottom. Um, so I'm going to put you on the bottom, Nar. I'm sorry. That's more than fair. I'm ex- I was expecting it. Um, I just to justify. I I think you wear like some pretty really ridiculous hats. I think you wear them a little too seriously. Oh, I, I, I wear my clothes, Bruce. I, I know what I'm doing. Um, okay. Yeah. And let's, let's have one more. Um, this is rough. Uh, I'm going to go with Lamb Chop because he belongs in the bottom. Oh, he... So I didn't know anything else to do, so let's go with Lamb Chop. Let's do it. CB, bottom three. All right. So, so is this just like you're my personal stylist or do I have to just adopt your style? No, no, it's, they are your personal stylist. So it's, oh, okay. you do not have to take their style, but it's going to be influenced by their style because they're a stylist. Right. Okay. Cause I was going to put you on the bottom narf, but I think I just changed my mind. Okay. Nice. Ah, uh, bottom. Um, I'll start with Noah. Cause I just feel like, he doesn't really care that much about style, and like that is his style. But I think I need a little bit more effort than that. Okay. Um, who else? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pull the wild card and go with a non-league tron. I'm gonna go with Rando because he'd probably make me wear break mark gear <laughs> all the time. Great answer, CB. That's good. That's fantastic. That wins tron ranks. Okay. <laughs> Noah Rando. Uh, he really would make you wear break mark hoodies left and right. Yeah, and then uh, I'll throw a fuse out there too because I don't like Joe Flacco jerseys either. So boom, no Joe Flacco for fuse. All right, <laughs> there. My, my uh, this was shaping out to be a good one. My non Tron pick, and I'm re- or not non league pick, and he used to be in the league. This is I, I'd kill myself if I didn't say this. It has to be Reptar. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh. He played ultimate it. in like would, cargo shorts. I oh, you guys, I would change one of my bottoms if I could. But wow, uh, no, I, I'm actually okay with it because I hated Reptar style the most, and I think Rando and Awax are both very good picks. So I'm glad we got all of them recognized on the <laughs> on the Trotterax bottom situation. Um, besides Reptar, I will go with Anton. Uh, I don't really think he cares that much about the stuff either, and I don't really trust him in creative situations that much um when there's not like a clear right answer my third bottom fuse is a good pick um this is tough i should have thought this out ahead of time um uh, i now i need to look at the list i think I don't want to just put Lamb Chop on the bottom. I will... I'm actually deciding if I want to throw one of you guys down there. I think I'm going to go CB. I just don't think... 
I don't think it's going to work for me. I'm sorry. All right. I, I was trying to think if there was a, a, someone else I could put there because I don't like doing it to the co-host. But th- there you go. Priest, you ready for your tops? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually going to flip it around and say I, I will choose CB. Ooh, okay. Um, because uh, we both share a very similar profession. At the very minimum, he knows how to dress as an economist. Or as an economist. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so he knows how to dress for work, but... He didn't know how to dress for work, so I wouldn't go wrong with that. The rest of the um, time, you're going to be wearing, like, Patagonia dry fit shit. I actually, I actually kind of like that stuff. And if I'm going running 20 miles, which I will at some point and then break myself again, um, I want to be wearing what I should be wearing. So that, that works for me. Okay. Um, number two... Um, this is hard. Um, I'm gonna say Fuse. Fuse seems like, at the very minimum, he knows probably how to dress. So I think Fuse might be a good guy to, you know, be my stylist. Okay. I, um, the third. So I'm gonna say Anton for number three. Okay. Because I think if I'm trolling him properly on Facebook, he's wearing um, a gray suit and a pink tie in some of his wedding photos. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty baller look. So I'm going to go with Anton's number three. So that is correct. His, his wedding colors were pink and gray, which I, I support. I like the combination a lot. I am 99 to 100% positive it was Libby that picked those and Anton had nothing to do with it. <laughs> So I'm not going to give Anton that much credit for that. All right. Well, he accepted at the very minimum. He chose a good girl at the very minimum. Uh, I guess that counts as style, I guess. All right, CB, three tops. Um, so initially I was going to put Narf on the bottom because I don't think that Narf style works for CB, but given that it is personal stylist, and uh, I'm going to pick you for one of my tops, Narf, because I think that you have a good idea about what style works for a given person and so i think you can make it work for me great um otherwise i i hate you making me do this but i'm gonna pick lamb chop because he went to business school and that's probably something important that they teach you in business school there's probably like a whole semester of that it's really the only thing i think yeah so so i bet he's i hate to say it but i bet lamb chop's got some decent style um and can I pick another non-league player? Or did I yeah, use my... no, you can do one for top, one for bottom. Those are the, I'm, I'm going to throw a bow in here because I think we have pretty similar style. And I, I was thinking about bow just because you guys both wear Red Sox stuff. Yeah, there's that. But in general, I think Bo has pretty decent style. And, and so it wouldn't be that much of a stretch for him to, to be my stylist. So I'm going to go with Bo. Bo does have decent style. I, he actually popped in my head as a potential uh, top also. But I, it's a safe pick. I, I replaced safe. him with a better non-league top, and that is Yank, because Yank knows what he's doing. That's a good, that's a good call. Yank, so like bow ties. Yeah, that works. <laughs> Yank, yeah, well, yes, but that's his style for him. He knows what he's doing for himself, and he knows how to do it for other people. Also, like, I actually think I've been like clothes shopping with Yank before, and he, and he was pretty helpful <laughs> in telling me what looked good and what didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, so Yank, my second. Um, I am going to throw Yoni in the top, and not just because I need to correct my over-throwing Yoni on the bottom, but... Yoni's a dad, man. He's a dad. You're right, and I don't think he... I don't know if he actively cares about style that much, but I think Yoni... Like, I always like what Yoni wears. Like, I like the type of shirts he wears, and 
I think I think Yoni always looks pretty good for himself. He makes himself look good. Uh, the, the dad right. thing makes it harder, I guess, but I, I'm going to keep Yoni in my top. And my third top stylist, it, it's just going to be Frogger. I mean, he, he, know, he knows me the best. He knows what I can pull off. He'll pick out ridiculous stuff just for me to wear, and, and it'll be awesome. So... My th- my third top is going to be Frogger, who's not in a league, but is trying to act eligible, so it counts. Fair yeah. enough. Cool, guys. This was one of our longer ones, but also a very good podcast. We sorted out a lot of good league details here, I feel. All right. Yeah, send us that data, and then we'll eventually produce something cool. Okay. Um, CB and Priest, thank you both for coming on the show. Any music requests? Oh, uh, just just don't play anything, Narf. That's, that's not... No, no, no. I I I like this crap. Play um. Yeah, priest. Oh shit. What's what's good? I don't I don't know any good chick music. Just make sure it's something corny that pisses off Lionel. <laughs> they all piss off Lionel, and then he'll I know, go back but that's, and... that's that's part of the fun. And they all sound exactly the same. So he's convinced I played it before, and then he has to go back and listen to them all. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> cool. I'll see you guys. Uh. I don't know when. Maybe live draft in Maine next year. Oh, oh, Narf. I am coming to Philly uh, first full weekend in January, like the 5th or something. Are you going to be around? Why didn't you lead with this? I know. I should have. That's I just breaking remembered. news. I know. Now, now that you just reminded me, that's where the, uh, the annual economics conference is this year. It's in Philly. Oh, can I come? Uh, yeah, sure. $100. Wait, Priest, now. are you coming also? There's uh, the 50-50 shot that I'll be there. Oh, my God. Why? We could have done this in person. We we can uh, let's watch them play off football or something. All uh, right, wait, wait. Let's see. Are you around a, a full week? Like, what are the dates? Uh, no, it's just the weekend. I think I'll be there at least uh, Friday through Sunday. Okay, I, I, be I, I'll be there too if I'm I, there. I'm definitely around that weekend. Are you guys gonna have free time? Or are you gonna be busy doing like your econ nerd stuff the whole time? I'll I'll be busy during be free. the day, but in the evening I should be free. Do you need a place to stay, or is your job like putting you up? Uh, I've got a hotel. I'm good there, but um. We you know, definitely have. Do you know where you're staying? I need all the details right now, Steve. Uh, not yet, uh, but I'll, okay. I'll try to find a hotel that's close to you. I'm around. Will that be the first week of the playoffs, or is that week 17? Um, I think it's it's either the first or second week of the playoffs. Oh, that'll be great. We'll have a... Okay, cool. Done. I'll, I'll save that whole weekend for you. Awesome. All right. Even better. Uh, I'll pick some music. See you guys. All right. Later. Later.